This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that can't believe what it witnessed yesterday evening, part two, because I said exactly the same last week, and it's, it's equally true this week. Now, if uh, hammering Spurs 4-1 in their own backyard wasn't bonkers enough last week, Chelsea served up an improbable classic in a 4-4 draw against City, in quotation marks, the best team in the world, end quotation marks, yesterday. Not many of us held out much hope of getting a result. A 1-1 draw was about as far as we would go uh, without voluntarily admitting ourselves to the lunatic asylum. Even less uh, of an expected performance Chelsea put in to put City on the back foot and fighting tooth and nail to stay in the game. Right from the off, Chelsea were into them and looking dangerous with their quick transitions. City looked rattled, but still went ahead thanks to a dodgy pen gifted by that man Taylor. The bridge left him in no doubt what we thought of the Gareth. Yes. But Chelsea quickly equalised and then went ahead. It was stunning and the crowd came to life after several years of sleep. City then scored either side of the half and it looked like Chelsea might fold. But no, they stuck at it and came again with a goal from Jackson. The cruelest deflected goal seemed to have won it for City at the death. But still, Chelsea went for it and won a penalty which ice-cold Palmer slotted away. Cue mayhem. Now, it felt like a victory, as last-minute goals often do. But it should be remembered it was a draw albeit against a side currently streets ahead of us. But it meant so much more than that. The belief and the resilience are back, and it looks like Poch has got Chelsea on the right track to be back where we belong, competing with City at the right end of the table. It may still be a while yet, and there will be no doubt, or there'll no doubt there'll be some ups and downs yet to come. But Poch has got his team believing they are capable of going toe-to-toe with the best 
uh, and with the best, with fast attacking. God, who, re- who writes this shit? Oh, it was me. <laughs> Shall I try that again? Uh, but Potter's got this team believing they are capable of going toe-to-toe with the best, with fast attacking football, with no fear and resilience to boot. And I bloody loved it. Loved it. Poch's switch to 4-4-2 may have saved the game for Chelsea, but as, I, as far as I'm concerned, it was more 4-4 fucking hell. Chelsea fancast number 1080. And on tonight's show with me, Mr. Stamper Chid, is the lovely Jonathan Kidd. Oh, Chid, lovely to be on the show after such a fantastic performance in such a great atmosphere. You know, I keep going on about the atmosphere returns when we play well. And that's exactly it. It was was so easy to love what we were seeing and therefore to express it vocally. It was the the joy of the people around me was just palpable. It was fantastic. And it's it's effort and commitment and skill and we're beginning to really get great affection for some of the players and we're with the knowledge that what they can do, we want them to do better, but we can see them trying. I mean, uh, Enzo, for example, was exhausted after about 35 minutes. You could see because he just disappeared. You can tell when he's knackered because he disappears. So it was it was no surprise to me when he was substituted. But of course, some people have now been saying, well, he doesn't last long enough. He won't be good enough. I just find the ability of people just to chip away at us, even though we're seeing progress and we're seeing, you know, the new manager has had a new set of players and has been trying to build it slowly. And it seems to be working. But as you say, there will be ups and downs. But at the moment, the last two games have been absolutely joyous. Yeah, can't. I'm absolutely bang on, mate. Bang on. So there we go. And uh, I think we will be in somewhat celebratory mood tonight. I have, I'm feeling, as the the vibe for the show tonight is good. And uh, glow, we're a glow. We're a glow. And uh, who better? And who better? Who better to glow? Who better to glow with us? Indeed. But I can't think of anybody who wouldn't glow. I I can't remember his name, though. This man, (laughs) who I I want him to chip in any moment because I've forgotten entirely who he is. No, it, it is, of course. The excellent, lovely, terrific, um, uh, so much information in this man's head. It is, of course, the uh, the chairman of the Football Supporters Trust. It is, of course, Mr. Mark Meehan. Evening, Chidge. Evening, JK. Thank you very much for that promotion. I'm now chair of the Football Supporters Trust. <laughs> well, indeed. I was going to say, you know, I mean, the other thing, Mark, I mean, I know... I, know... I promoted you. I promoted you. You promoted me, yes. He is the chair of the Supporters Trust. Mm. Yeah, the Chelsea Supporters Trust. <laughs> what did you call it then, JK? He said the Football Supporters Trust. Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah well, yeah, I meant Chelsea. You know what I, I mean. I know. I'm only one. He's pulling me pudding, Chidge. He is. Absolutely. Great to be on the show. Um, yes, glowing. Uh, as I said, well, almost when the game ended yesterday, what a great Chelsea performance. And it was like, yeah, as Mr. Glover would say, no tippy-tappy show pony dressage nonsense yesterday <laughs> was it? it was just two football teams just going at each other toe to toe even sanchez said it himself in the aftermatch presser toe to toe with manchester city you know counter-attack after counter-attack end-to-end football proper football that's proper football you know um i've got a builder at the moment and I was, he was asking me about the game 
you know, he's, he's obviously a bit older than me. And I just said, you'll have loved it. It was almost like 1960, 70. The only thing missing was like a bog of a, a pitch. It was just great, great football. No parking buses, low blocks, XG malarkey. Just two very good football teams just going at each other for 90 minutes. And I have to say, as, as good as we were, let's take nothing away. That's a good match to sit inside, oh, yeah. as you know. They weren't you know, holding they, back. They, they weren't holding no. back. Yes, at, at times, I'm, you know, trying to work out our formation. And that towards the end, and we'll talk about it with the Brozier substitution, we were almost going four or five up top. They were the same throughout the game. The way they set themselves up, very, very attacking formation. They had so many players forward many times yesterday. And, and yet, Mark, yet, Mark, they have five players on occasion going towards a Chelsea player with the ball. Yes. Which yes. is, is an, an achievement. The, yeah. the, the, the fitness, the athleticism, and also the, the knowledge of where they're going to go is just remarkable. They're a great side, really great side, as you'd expect them to be. And I, absolutely. And I, th I think you would say they're probably, if not the very best in, certainly in European football at the moment, but they're one of the very best in world football. No, and we performed, we performed so well against them yesterday. As we've said, we're nowhere near yet where we need to be, but things are moving in the right direction. But the aggression yesterday, that pace, we weren't faffing around with it at the back as we might have done in early games this season. Even though there was a couple of occasions where your heart stopped when the ball went back to Sanchez. We just looked so good yesterday. We did. It was such a really, really good performance. Very, very well done at Pochettino. Well done at Chelsea. Well, I, exactly that. Now, the other thing is um, <clears throat> it was your birthday on Saturday. So I, I know I wished you happy birthday on the day and stuff and yesterday. But uh, happy birthday to you. And uh, I thought, you know, what a, a lovely way to celebrate that, really. Oh, uh, no, definitely. Uh, it was it was, it was, it was like a birthday weekend. Mm. Um, like the lovely Paul Crowder yeah, messaged me today and I was saying, Paul, it was like a week weekend. I, I saw the Godfathers on Friday night. I was very kindly invited uh, into the boardroom at Wheelstone for some hospitality on Saturday. And bless them, you know, the sponsors got me a little cake. And then yesterday, a few beers with my mates and watching that performance. Yeah, what, what, what a perfect weekend. And Indeed. to cap it all off. I'm now on the Chelsea fancast this evening. Well, there you go. Beautiful end to the weekend. No, we're, we're delighted. To, I was going to say, actually, Mark, you know, in your introduction, I mean, there's, there used to be that thing, Jonathan will know this, uh, that I can't remember who, who it was aimed at. It's probably been aimed at lots of different people, if the truth would be told, but quite often uh, called the hardest working man in show business. Do you know who that was, JK? Who, who was that aimed at? Is it Max Bygraves? It might have been, was, yeah. Someone like that. Let me yeah. tell you a story. Yes. yes. <laughs> anyway, did you know that he he bought um, the rights to Oliver for three hundred and fifty quid? From I did Lionel not know Park. that. Really? Mm. Fucking hell! Yeah. Shrewd business. Anyway, you know, yes. Well, I think he was on his uppers, Lionel Bart. I think you could shrewd business or ex exploitation yeah, is another. He, he, he needed he needed to get his grounding at the pub, I expect. But anyway. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, Max Bygraves, as uh, J.K. has rightly informed me, was known as the hardest working man in show business. I think there are others too, but uh, I think there were others. Yeah, there were many others, exactly. But I think we could definitely say uh, that Mark Meehan is the hardest working man in terms of Chelsea supporters, in terms of doing <laughs> stuff for them. I mean, you know, FAB Chelsea Supporters Trust. He writes books. He writes for the fans. And he does the fan cast. He knows everybody. Uh, there, there, there is not a pie in w which does not contain a Mark Meehan finger. <laughs> well, it, the other thing I'd say about yesterday as well, and maybe that's just a sign of how the day started, how it ended up. 
just so many people, and you were probably the same, bumping into. And it started on the train journey down. Yeah, Dan Silver and I you know, met each other on the train, and we're sitting beside Colin Pates. No way. Having, oh, just, yeah, so having a good natter with Colin Pates on the way down. And then, obviously, you were there when we met John Boyle outside the hotel. And, and I have to say, well done to Chelsea Football Club. Getting John Boyle in the hospitality is a real thumbs up. And we, we know, John, what great stories he has. So those people fortunate to sit in hospitality will benefit from some of the brilliant stories that John Boyle, te- John Boyle Maybe will Maybe his singing, them. too. He might, he might do an occasional song. And, <laughs> and, and, and Colin was also saying that Tommy Langley is now on the payroll as well. So oh, Tommy's right. going to be do, doing hospitality. And we met Cundy. It was Cundy's birthday as well. Yeah. So fellow Scorpions. You know, celebrating together. Yeah. yeah, so can you be happy? What a what a birthday present! Yeah, yeah. I texted him earlier on, and he he's well he's well happy. But it was nice to see him on his birthday. Say happy birthday to him. Anyway, we're blathering on, and we have lots mm. to talk about tonight. Now, as ever, don't forget you can listen to the show live live every Monday and Friday at seven thirty p.m. by going to Mixler, which is Chelsea fancastmixlercom where of course you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page as so many of you do it warms the cockles of an old man's heart to see so many of you in there many of whom we we know and love have met in the pub many of whom we've known for years even though we've not had the the joy of meeting you in the pub but it's lovely to see so many of you in there and i and i do i mean i might not read them out all the time but uh, I, I do read through the messages, and I love I love seeing what you have to say. So there we go. Uh, so come and join them, basically. Um, you can follow us on all the socials, at Chelsea Fancast. Uh, listen and subscribe on Acast, Spotify, and Apple, and all good podcast platforms, and make sure you leave us a glowing five-star review. Now, um, talking of Mixler, um, if you uh, deign and are generous and feeling lovely towards us and in a warm and fluffy sense, then you can become a Chelsea Fancast patron. And uh, what that means is that you show your appreciation by bunging a few quid uh, our way every month. Uh, but uh, you don't have to. There's no pressure. I, I love you all equally, honestly, whether you do or you don't. I mean, it's just a, it's a, just a vehicle for, for you to do that if you want to. Um, if you want to, it's patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Uh, and if you do do that, not only will you be entitled to a mini Kerry Dixon banner, a replica of the one that hangs up in the Matthew Hardigan, but you will also uh, be able to join our Discord group. And that's really why I've mentioned it here, because it links very well with Mixler. Discord is basically like Mixler 24-7. And it is, I mean, again, lovely people. And they're really, you know, people who know their onions and they're all pretty respectful for themselves. I mean, we have some vehement disagreements, but uh, it's fr- it's friendly and it's a lovely space for you to populate if you want to talk about Chelsea and uh, talk to Chelsea, uh, talk to us about Chelsea as well. So there you go. Right after this short break, we're going to be talking about Chelsea versus City. <coughs> Yeah, it was a good day. I mean, obviously, Mark and I were at the uh, Chelsea Supporters Trust board meeting uh, and earlier on the day. It was a 12 o'clock start for us. I was up there ridiculous. I was up there so early, the CFC UK stall hadn't quite set up yet. 
in fact. So, uh, but I did see Marco. Anyway, more of that later. Uh, to the game. Um, oh yeah, and of course we had like hours to go. It's annoying, really, that I was I was uh, driving because I would have had a lovely session, and I would actually been in the pub early enough to have had a proper session as well. But sadly, I had to limit my beer intake. Uh, right. Okay. We started really. I mean, that was the thing. Actually, it was you know from the first minute, from the first second of the game. We were into them. We started so well, pressing, desire, winning the ball back a lot. And, and the most in- impressive thing that I loved was that we were, we were really great and quick in the transition. Quick ball going forward, taking shots. Gallagher popped one off really early on. And I just thought, bloody hell. I mean, Poch has done something spectacular and got into their heads a bit. Or the belief was back after Spurs. I mean, I was just so impressed with that start, J.K. This is what this is how you should start every match. I'd say I thought it was heavily led by Connor, who, yes. who was just completely phenomenal. His closing down of some of those tackles, which were, um, I worried that he was being, you know, that he would slide in because it was so wet, and uh, uh, and the, the City player might pretend that he'd clipped him, and then Taylor would strut over and brandish a card, but. Um, uh, every challenge he made, he he, he got the ball every time. I, I was terribly, really impressed with Connor. I thought he was fantastic, and I also felt, um, as I said before, I thought Enzo was hugely committed to to the same pace. I just think that he got he got very very tired. He really puts he the, there were a couple of tackles he made, and he then fist pumps. You know, you just think, God, we're half we're up the pitch, and you're doing that. You know, he's he's. Very, very committed, very, very competitive, which I love, except, as I say, the problem is he just... He's got he to keep on the away. right side of it, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. they faded away a bit as well. And I tell you but, what, I, but, I also no, worried really, I, I worried about crazy. getting injured as well. I mean, that was that one tackle. Yeah. He, yeah. he flew in, he busted a bollock to get there, just yeah. about made it, and... I thought, I mean, I was really worried, mate, because you, you and I are on that side of the pitch, and I was actually looking at him rather than, I think we conceded the goal, funnily enough, from from that, didn't we? But I, he was off for a long time. Oh, shit, he's done himself here. But he has the elasticity of youth, I think, yeah. at the moment. You know, he gets away with, with uh, you think a sinew's going to go somewhere, and it doesn't. But I, I'm, um, the commitment from the midfield was great. I, I despair slightly. Some people have been having a go at Casido who I think is still finding his way a bit, but I still think is absolutely essential for those three. I think we've got arrived at a, uh, a triumvirate of midfield players who are absolutely spot on. And it's just a question of them playing together as much as possible for it to get better and better. Um, and also, I think he was he was clever with his substitutions to, uh, this time as well. I think, well, in this instance, he had to no, do well, something because Casida was blowing out of his arse. But it gave... He gave um, Palmer then the opportunity to play through the middle. He did pretty well playing on the right because he he put Reese through on a couple of occasions with his great skill. But actually having the roving commission in the second half playing up front allowed Palmer to really express himself. And he was magnificent. Indeed. Um, talk about the subs actually later on because they were interesting and I think actually were. I mean, there's, there, there, should, and there should and there will be a, a love-in for Poch during this podcast as well, actually. Yeah, right. About so. time too. Um, Mark, um, you know, this was all brilliant and it was going great. And then, as always, Man City managed to prick the balloon by, by scoring a, I have to say, somewhat dodgy penalty. Now, this is what I found this on Twitter today. This is what uh, uh, Keith Hackett, 
who used to be a fairly decent referee, actually, back in the day. He had, this is what he had to say about it. <clears throat> Chelsea supporters were furious when Anthony Taylor gave a penalty to Manchester City in Sunday's thriller at Stamford Bridge, and they had a point. It should not have been given. And actually, having watched the uh, highlights of Sky, Carragher was in, in, absolutely insistent it shouldn't have been given as well. I mean, obviously, we had no idea. I mean, I, when I, when I, you know, and I'm I'm at that end, and I'm thinking, what on earth has that been given for? So we had no idea, of course. Anyway, we're fortunate to see multiple angles of the offence where Erling Haaland initiated the first contact contact on Mark uh, Mark Cucurella, i.e., he fouled him. Taylor, this is unbelievably stupid, but Taylor, one of the best referees in the country, was dis- that should be in quotation marks. Anyway, was decisive in pointing to the spot without hesitation. But I think he needed another look. This is where I have a problem with VAR. We don't know what Taylor saw from his viewing angle. Presumably, he wasn't in a position to see ha- Harlan's contact slash foul, Keith. But he did catch Cucurella's foul. The VAR absolutely should have told. Taylor what that he needed to have a second look at what happened had he gone over to the pitch side monitor something that JK goes on about all the time I believe he would not have given the penalty and instead penalized Harlem for a foul it feels to me Taylor has been stitched up by VAR here or in fact he's just arrogant and fucking useless JK um if you look at it weirdly somebody next to me said no 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 Cucurella was fouled initially he must have been looking really forensically at it at the time but um uh, when you when you watched it, when I came home and watched it back, it, it, it's a very clever piece of um, centre forward shithousery. Oh, yeah. He um, he he fouls Cucurella, makes sure there's contact, and then rolls him. Yeah. It, it's actually it's like it's like um, uh, Kane doing his backing in thing. Uh, it it the, the it looks then as if <clears throat> Cucurella's fouled him, and that's why Cucurella was so absolutely in, in, incensed by the whole thing and why Cucurella kept appealing to the linesman who had clearly seen it but nothing was said by the linesman because once again you do not overrule Anthony Taylor that's the problem it's all deferring all the time to do with ridiculous status but and I think you're right about VAR I think what VAR do are is watch the last bit of it rather than watching the origin of it but also if you know enough about the game, this is the kind of thing that forwards do. So you should be aware of that. And you should therefore say, I'd like to see it all the way from where where the ball, where they started struggling with each other, because that's the most obvious thing. If it, the last moment, it obviously looks as if he's been thrown to the ground, um, Harland by Cucurella. But if you see the impetus and the grabbing on, you see that, he pulls him over and it's absolutely fucking obvious that he pulled him over. And, uh, you know, you once again, one despairs at the 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 lack of cohesion, the lack of communication, the lack of understanding between VAR and the ref and the on pitch officials. The linesman had an absolute obvious view of it. He won't comment because he doesn't want to be seen to be undermining the referee. It's horrendous. Okay, while JK goes for a lie down for half an hour, Mark. Um, I mean, what amazed I mean, do you know what? When, when we, I don't know, because you would have had a good view of this from where you sit. But um, yeah. I was wondering, I mean, forget uh, Haaland fouling Cucurella and then Cucurella, because he'd been thrown by him fouling Haaland. I was wondering why he hadn't stopped the game, because 
I think it was Dizazi and James clashed heads, and one of them looked spark out. So there was Gallagher up the pitch. Gallagher. I was going to say. I was going to say that. Yeah, because where where I am, that was right in front of me. So I think when the whistle went, my my initial thought was he stopped the play because if you go back and watch it and look at the position of Anthony Taylor when all this takes place, he's on my side of the pitch, and I sit on the West Stand Matthew Harding corner side. And Harland and Cucurella on the other side of the pitch. So Keith Hackett is absolutely spot on what he says about Anthony Taylor. He wasn't in a position, clearly, to see Harland's contact. So the first thing he should have done is the two players had a clash of heads. And I wasn't sure, was it a clash of heads or was it a foul by Doku or a combination of two? So I, I thought he was stopping play for that. And Doku next, fouled him. Doku, yeah, put, yeah. Doku knocked into them. Yeah. Then the next thing I see is obviously Cucurella going absolutely mad and, and getting booked. And I thought, he's given a penalty. So I'm thinking, well, hang on a minute. And JK's right. Why did the linesman not flag it? Because the linesman surely had a better view of what was going on than, than Mr. Taylor. But then ultimately, the villain in all this actually is not Anthony Taylor. He got the decision wrong. But if VR, VAR is there... It's then to highlight a clear and obvious error, which this was. Who was in VAR yesterday? Jared Gillette. Ring any bells? We might have talked about him on a previous show. So there's either one or two things in play here. Either Mr. Gillette, like the lines when he's showing, sort of like, we are not worthy to Mr. Taylor, or maybe Gillette doesn't like him because Hackett is again right. Jared Gillette has stitched Anthony Taylor up yesterday. He's made Anthony Taylor once again look a mug because Gillette or a Gareth, in fact, Mark, or maybe even a Gareth. He could have said to Taylor, "Do you know what, Anthony? No, sorry, Tony." Because when they play back commentary before, they call him Tony, don't they? So he would have said to him, "If I was you, I'd walk over to that monitor." Because if he'd walked over to that monitor, as JK has just said. He wouldn't have given that penalty. He would have reversed decision and given a free kick to Chelsea. And I think the other unfortunate thing about that is Cucurella got a yellow card and now he's one game away from suspension. That's harsh on him because, again, we'll talk about him later. I thought he had a fine game yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was uh, really rough for him, that was. But, I mean, it was rough for us too because, I mean, that first uh, 25 minutes... Um, you know, we we had been the better side clearly, um, and we were looking really, really good, and everything was kind of going to the plan that Potch had clearly instigated. And then you're going one nil down. And I'm thinking, oh god, oh, no. But what did the crowd do yesterday when we went down? Got behind them, Chelsea, Correct. Chelsea, Correct. Chelsea. Yeah, exactly. Because I think Which we, we recognize... haven't done before. No, yeah. no, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Done for ages and no. ages. Well, I think Out we recognised the effort that we had that yeah, they had been absolutely. putting in. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, lo and behold, four minutes later, we did the best thing that you can do when you go 1-0 down, which is to go and equalise. It was absolutely brilliant. And my God, it came from uh, an, a really good free kick from a set piece from Reese James. Good save by Ed, whatever his name is. Ed, what's his name? Edison. Edison, yeah. Uh, great. It was a good save by him. So that led to a corner. We took a corner and fuck me. Tiago Silva bangs one in and we went loony. T- oh, Tiago Silva is brilliant. It's so good to see a score from a set-piece goal, Mark. I couldn't believe it. And it looked like something they clearly had rehearsed yeah. on the training ground. Well, pa- Palmer, Palmer blocked yeah. uh, Harland off, didn't he? Uh, Palmer blocked Harland off, and I think Cucurella blocked another defender off as well. 
if you go back and watch it. So there's two blocks taking place and, and Silva comes in and he's got a clear header. So they must have rehearsed that in the training ground. It was a training ground, training ground goal. And obviously, he's now the oldest man in the Premier League scoring the goal. Clayton did a lovely tweet and um, he asked... Youngest and oldest. Yeah, yeah, he's seen the youngest Chelsea goal scorer and the oldest Chelsea goal scorer. And I, I bet JK Yeah, I was going to say, I bet JK well. has yeah. as well. 1967, mm. um, Chico Hamilton... Chico. Oh, you should have asked I was just about to say, yes, Chico Hamilton. Cool. He would have got that, yeah. yeah. About to say it. Yeah. You did see it. Well, his goal the, yeah. against Spurs. He scored against yeah. Spurs. Yeah. 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 yeah, I was there. Yeah. I was there. You were there. I was at White Hart Lane. With yes. your rattle. Yeah, no, funnily enough, no. I think it would have been confiscated, I think, by the Probably. With my dad. My dad took me. Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. So you and Clayton have both uh, seen our oldest and youngest Goal scorer, how lovely! Uh, we then actually did what, what, what I mean. Again, we we, it, it, we were on fire. There's no other way of putting it. I mean, Sterling's goal was another. Uh, I mean, it was quite funny listening to the commentary of them saying that it was a, it was very like a City goal, and it was in a way. That's the kind of goal he used to score for City all the time. But great work by Palmer and Reese James on the right, James. Uh, James, J.K. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. And you 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 realise what you've been missing when Reese provides that kind of pinpoint pass, just absolutely magnificent. But once again, Palmer was was uh, inch perfect pass to him, and uh, you know he scooted past and just drove it in. Brilliant, brilliant goal. And it was very, very as you say, very City goal actually, because there's Sterling at the far post. It's kind of thing that they they actually did on several occasions. They drive the ball across into the penalty area. In fact, their goal was their goal was a. Um, a kind of mirror image, actually, the Haaland goal when he slid in on his arse. Sterling, I'd say Sterling's goal was a Sterling City goal. I think when we were on one of the shows last year, I think I said, I think for one of our European games, I think it was the Madrid game, I was watching a pub in Ealing and I was chatting to a City fan, I think I said it on the show, when we might have been going through that period of like, um, not sounding like a Monty Python sketch, but what has Raheem Sterling ever done for us? And the City fan was saying, his game was those two-yard tappings. Yeah. yeah, he was very good at that. De Bruyne would put the ball in, Silva put the ball in, and a lot of Silva's goals with City. He said he's not scoring them from sort of like the edge of the penalty area. He's he's almost like a goal hanger, and he gets so many goals in the six-yard box. That was a classic Man City goal yeah. scored by Raheem Sterling, and yet scored for Chelsea yesterday. And of course, made by Reese James. I mean, something we've missed. You know, somebody with yep. the ability to go down the right and put a ball like that through, which we know James has got in his locker because we saw it so many times before, haven't we? And he's not still one hundred percent. No, he's well, not. Well, he's well not. managed by Pochettino yesterday. He made yeah, the well, substitution we'll, at the right time. We'll, we'll talk yeah. about the subs we'll later. T- we'll talk about but, that. But, uh, we will. But yeah. absolutely spot on. Um, and then, of course, what you don't want to happen just before. I mean, this is the thing. Actually, I mean, there, the, the worst time to concede a goal in any game is just before half time. And just after the restart, what do we manage to do? We concede two oh. goals: one just before half time, and one just after the the restart. I mean, it was sucker, sucker. It was such a sucker punch, I think. And I, and I have to say, I mean, you know, yeah, a bit dozy in defence for the for Akanji's goal, and uh, a bit dozy in defence for Harlan's really, because they let him let him make a good run, and Kaikado got done, I think, quite quite well well yeah. by Harlan, but. You know, unfortunate, good goals in their own way, possibly mistakes. But at that moment, I just thought, oh, for fuck's sake, we're done. You know, I just thought, well, that'll be it. They'll go and romp, they'll romp away. And I thought, I thought they would shrivel, Mm. but they didn't, did they, Mark? No, they didn't. And again, it comes back to that whole importance of the interaction between what's happening on the pitch 
and the people in the stands. Because you're yeah, abs absolutely right. Sucker punch for that um, headed goal just before halftime. But I think people still at halftime thought we were the better side. Let's go out again in the second half. We play like we did in the first. We've got every chance in that game. And was it 90 seconds after the restart? We got sucker punched by Haaland. And it, there was like that flat moment in the ground. You think, oh, no, here we go. And then the crowd again got behind the team. And the, the players responded on the pitch and came back. Yeah, Good good to be in that ground. That's, again, isn't just the football on the pitch that was fantastic yesterday. Being in that ground, it was just fantastic being in the ground yesterday and the noise people made, including parts of the ground that are traditionally not known for their singing. Well, I mean, it, I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll revisit this later, but there were people in front of me and around me. I actually have a lot of, uh, there were a lot of, um, you know, day trippers and, and, and you know, n not season ticket holders, let's put it that way, around where I sit. Um, which I, I mean, I didn't really recognise anybody in my row, but um, there's like, I mean, we met them actually at one of the Troubadour gigs. JK might remember this, but a load of lads turned up for Kerry, didn't they? They all sit in front of me, and and they don't really ever make much noise at all. They were standing up, standing up and singing. It was like, what is going on? I heard, I heard, I bumped into Rick Glanville today, and he said to me there were people in the Westview singing, and they weren't away fans. So, you know, it was remarkable. There were people who, who most people thought were dead in their seats and they came alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, here's the yeah. ultimate the yeah. ultimate test, yeah. Mark. The ultimate test. Yeah. JK, were they yeah. singing in the East Middle? Um, I wouldn't go that far, but um, <laughs> they... Uh, <laughs> they was there a raised voice or two? <laughs> John Lennon would say they rattled their jewellery. Um, <laughs> um, they... Uh, now, if I took my daughter, who um, got really excited because she'd prophesied 5-1 to City. And uh, um, every time we scored, got more and more um, into the whole thing and started whooping and screaming. And she ultimately stood on her chair, Brilliant. on her seat. Brilliant. Which That's I allowed. I thought no. I I was I thought a crane would come down and whisk her off, you know, from the you know down was that sort of thing. Exactly, depositor <laughs> depositor in a hole behind the uh, the stand. But um, uh, no, it was a great atmosphere. Great, everybody was really up for it there. Um, um, when Kovacic, we, even I got him slightly involved in a, in a row. Um, Kovacic came on and I clapped him, yeah. and a bloke yep. behind me, bloke behind me, shouted "fuck off." And I said, don't you fucking tell me to fuck off. And he played for fucking Chelsea for ages. Great player. Great player. So he's probably only good for 15 minutes for City, but he's a great player. And we had this moment. Everybody said, calm down. Calm down, everybody. Calm down. Calm down. But, uh, well but, you done, know, you. Well done, you. Thank yeah, you. I, yeah. Yeah. I clapped, I clapped Kovacic when he came on Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, did I. Yeah, so yeah, did I. Yeah, yeah. And idiots booing him for crying out loud. He was part of our team that won the Champions League. Madness, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, yeah. And he fist pumped when we scored the penalty. But more <laughs> did, of that, more of that later. Um, J.K., you know, going back to to where we were, you know, I felt a bit doom and gloom. I thought, oh no, you know, because it was, you know, it's the, it's the legendary sucker punch. It's the old one-two, literally, isn't it? But they stayed, they stuck at it, didn't they? And uh, I mean that that I thought Jackson's goal was really good as well when we came back into it and got three three. I mean a really good finish and Connor, what a hit! It was down to Connor again, but Connor just never stopped. Connor, you know his stats must have been fantastic. And oh, they, oh, they they were. I, I thought it was his best ever game for Chelsea. Yeah, and, and yeah. you had this situation today where 
people going, oh, you know, I may not have been sort of praiseworthy oh. of Conor Gallagher last year. Oh, but I'm changing my mind now. Well, actually, some of us were there from the very beginning. Well, quite. He's, he's, he is a talent and he's just got better and, and better, better and, better. and better. And there was an absolutely brilliant moment where he's almost standing over. Was it Rod- Rodri? Was it Rodri on the ground? I'm trying to know who was on the ground. It was. Well, why don't I read the piece from, uh, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know who wrote it, oh, James yeah. Gearbrandt in the mm. in the Times. They said, towards mm. the end of this reign, it's, cause it's actually quite well written, so it's worth reading, actually. It's kind of up to my standards almost. Uh, so what's the end of this? No, I'm pull- I am having actually had to stop reading my intro and say, who has fucking wrote this? Oh, it was me. I'm clearly joking, JK. Anyway, towards the end of this rain slicked mud flecked cl- mud flecked classic, the Manchester City midfielder Rodri, warrior genius, genius of the middle third, conqueror of Europe, winner of each of the previous 17 games he had played for club and country this season, looked up from the sodden turf and saw, towering over him, in the full Muhammad Ali over Sonny Liston pose, the figure of Conor Gallagher, the bestrider of games, bestrode. I thought that was lovely. <laughs> that, is, that is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. He was he was brilliant. Yeah, and he was shooting yesterday. And we yeah. said many times yeah. in the early part of this season, there is no harm in shooting because... Do you know what? You might get a deflection. It might, as obviously, we talk about City's goal later. Um, but the keeper might save it, and you get a rebound. And Jackson, bless him, was in the right position as a striker to get yes. that rebound. Yes, and it was a really good important. finish. It was a good finish too. And Tidy it finish. finish. Took it round yeah. him and played it well. He did. He yes, did. Yeah. got got it off quickly. Cracked but, it off quickly. <laughs> up till then, and I think Carragher said it on the commentary. Apparently, up till then, Jackson was sort of quiet. And Carragher was suggesting that he was probably going to get substituted by Pochettino, but then Pochettino kept him on because, again, a goal does wonders for a striker's confidence. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. he he tried hard, but he he wasn't he, he makes wrong decisions still, and he he still doesn't hold the ball up brilliantly. But it doesn't matter; he scored. That there's was, a player. There's a player yeah, in there. There is a player in might, there. It might take a while yet. Yeah. Uh, the he, problem is, is that if you compare hmm. him with um, 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 who's their bloke up the front? Forget me. What's uh, Holland. Oh, yeah, Holland. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was being. I was being ironic. Mm. Um, if you compare him with with yeah, <laughs> who'd have, yeah, who, who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? Um, if you compare him with Haaland, um, there's a long way to go for Jackson. I mean, if the present Haaland's presence, Haaland is a phenomenal player. That the, the it, also to do with his his physical attributes. He's this huge hunk of bloke, yeah. isn't he? His skills great. Mm. His shooting's yeah. great. His presence is great. His dominance is great. He's a monster. His spears, a speed is, oh God. And, you know, here we are saying once again, you know, oh, well, yes, he did quite well, Jackson. We hope he comes good and all of this. Well, yeah, it, he needs to have certain attributes that he hasn't got at the moment that he had, did did display in pre-season with Nkunku. This is my, I'm slightly not getting it, is that he was, he ran much better in pre-season. He, he, he had better skill in pre-season. He didn't lose the ball as much. You now, when he runs with the ball, Anybody, any centre-half with a bit of nous just nicks it off him every time. Whereas, once again, in pre-season, whether he was inspired by Nkunku, I mean, I'm waiting to see what happens when Nkunku comes back, whether he actually plays them together, because they were very good together. And it might then give him a, 
uh, you know, a further an encouragement to start actually moving around a bit. But at the moment, you know, that's the one area where I would say we're we're really lacking is yeah yeah. Um, oh, I th- is I somebody is somebody is you can. I'm sorry to compare him with Harlem, but but that's what we should be doing. Well, if I, we're I, I, an elite side, you know. I, I don't think you know Harlan's arguably the best striker in the world, so I don't right. even compare anybody to Harlan. But no, no. But I still think that aspirationally we should well, be there. Yeah, of course. But I mean, you know, that I think Mark's main point is right. There is a player in there somewhere. That yeah, was a good yeah. finish. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me carry on about um, this other bit about Gallagher because I, ah. I think this is a good point too. It was the indelible image of this extraordinary <laughs> game. Gallagher's manager, Maurizio Pochettino, who has always preached that football is not just about the passes you play, the moves you make, but also about the energy you transmit, the flow of power and will. And in that moment, it was tempting to wonder if what we were seeing laid down was not just the settling of some private engine room grudge, but also perhaps the aura of a new era. That's quite uh, hyperbolic. But uh, the point being, it's, it's the thing that you say all the time, JK. You know, his energy and his will is, is phenomenal. He's the heartbeat and the tempo of that team. You know, I mean, he leads the press a lot, like like we said, against Arsenal. And I mean, I mean, Steve, uh, uh, Torhouse or Mixler, uh, says good point about Gallagher and he deserves amazing credit but there's no comparison to Gallagher last year last year and this year get real please I would say two things to that Steve one is everybody looks shit last year uh, so you know I think he would have been symptomatic of that but I think the more important point Steve is that I think what we are seeing Cucurella is another good example of this by the way what we are seeing is what happens when you have a proper decent coach in charge of that football club he is improving <laughs> players he is making them better that's what i would say and making them to play better as a team making them understand yeah. each other's moves understand each other's energy it, it's uh, um uh, I, I think as you've said chidge it's that the momentum going forwards is what made the game so impressive rather than there were none of this the ball slowly going from yeah. side to side which drives us all to distraction it was uh there was a, a great forward momentum about the whole team. There was, wasn't there? I mean, you know, I mean, just to wrap it all up, because we had that ridiculously, I mean, that was so, cr- again, I mean, our emotions were up, down, up, down, up, down. That deflected goal on, on 85 oh. minutes. I mean, fuck off with that shit. You know, that is no way to what we thought at the time two, lose a game. Two deflections. It hit Connor first before it hit Thiago Silva. Did it? No, I didn't realise yeah, look, okay. look, at, look at it, yeah. yeah. yeah it's well, a that... very faint off Connor, and then obviously the significant deflection is off Thiago Silva. And, and then I couldn't believe it. You know, people were leaving, you know, because that, you know, that's, uh, you don't leave before the end. But that's significant. So how many times, you know, did City come back and go ahead again that people just thought, oh, sorry, they, they got up and left, which you know, <laughs> they're probably kicking themselves today. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and then, uh, you two, beloved of talking about the subs, here is the time. Uh, you know, Poch did make some really good subs, I think. I mean, James is still being nursed back. So, yep. you know, we knew that would happen. As JK said, Enzo was absolutely blowing out of his ass. I love the fact that he brought Brozier on to basically go two up top. And it was Brozier yep. who won the penalty. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's yep. you, you can't do better than that as a manager, can you, JK? Yeah. And it was definitely a penalty. He, could, he actually uh, would be interesting to see. He would have got a shot off Broja because he was yeah. clever. He, he actually moved the ball yeah. sideways. And that was when whoever it was, I can't Diaz. remember. 
it was yeah just took him out completely and it was a nailed on pen no no doubt and thank goodness he bloody um taylor was actually standing about six yards away he couldn't miss that one um but um he would have got a, a, a shot off in a very dangerous position i reckon would have scored actually if he hadn't been taken out so it was a penalty yeah. and then we had the 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 two and a half minutes where everybody complains and everybody confronts the referee and they all jostle each other which i think is a a deliberate ploy by City to try to um, calm the situation, well, not calm the situation down, time to to, to um, um, uh, aggravate the penalty taker who was then um, worried shitless about what they're going to do. But it happens to be Cole Palmer, who is the man with the um, ice cold um, antifreeze in his. <laughs> In, and it's the opposite, isn't it? it? Must be can't be antifreeze, otherwise he'd be boiling. Sorry, be, <laughs> ice he, in his veins. Ice in his veins. There's the expression I was after. Yeah. He's yes, he's the man in the fridge, and um, and he took it wonderfully. And apparently and, he never practices. Did you hear that? He just says, yeah. But I thought, I thought the other sort of remarkable thing about that is because you're absolutely right. There was nine players at one point surrounding Anthony Taylor in the penalty box of Manchester <laughs> City. Uh, Walker, how Walker never got a card, I, I do not know. Um, uh, into the Valley um, was <laughs> winding him up. There's a brilliant moment where it looks like Mudrick blows his nose and wipes his snot on Walker's shirt. <laughs> 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 it, was, it was just, was like, did, did we see that one correctly? It, it did look like that, but Walker was just stirring it big time. And then the best one of all, Gusto jumps in with Into the Valley as well. Yeah, and they square up to Walker as well. As I thought, we wouldn't have saw, seen that last season. No. We would never have seen that. Like, they were actually sticking up for each other. And Cucurella was doing his best to protect Palmer. So no City player got near Palmer. Palmer didn't go anywhere near the penalty spot. He just stood outside the penalty area. With the ball. Holding the ball. Hold, yeah. hold, 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 holding the ball. And, and when, when the time came. But I'd also say back-to-back -back substitutions as well. And coming back to Conor Gallagher. Obviously... Enzo was just knackered and he went and Kaiseida was probably in the same boat because they both put a shift in yesterday. So how many midfield players were left on the pitch at that point? One, Conor Gallagher. Oh, up yeah. against that amazing Manchester City midfield. For me, that's also a hell of a compliment about Conor Gallagher and his importance and the heart and engine of this team that his manager trusts him so much. He takes off two £100 million plus players and leaves a cob and kid on the pitch. I think that's a real feather in Conor Gallagher's cap. And But also Pochettini, he was going for it. He was actually going for it, thinking this is yeah, really unfair. Yeah. We deserve something out of this game. We need to go Mike Bassett. Yeah, 4-4 yeah. four, four fucking 2. Yeah, it was brilliant, wasn't it? I mean, uh, I mean, the quick point on, on what you were saying there, Mark, about... You know, they're, they're getting... St I, mean, I, I, I mean, again, you know, we said this last, last week... We wondered how important. I, I, mean, I think I used the term "blooded," didn't I, J.K.? I said the the kids were blooded against Spurs. They they got in, into a fight and they stood up for themselves, and they weren't going to be pushed around or bullied or kicked off the pitch by Spurs. And I, we we wondered if this would make some sort of a, a change. And yeah, I think galvanised them in yeah, some way. We Did. saw we saw the evidence of that. I think against City because they didn't take a step back in terms of the football being played. Or any any intimidation, no. you know. They were getting involved. You know, if somebody, you know, I still think, you know, I mean, maybe we were spoiled because we had. I mean, the love. The what? If I if I remember Tony Rudiger for one thing, it will be the privilege of being at Stamford Bridge, where I saw him run nearly a hundred meters 
to get involved in a scrap up the other end of the pitch and he was still the first there. I mean, you know, we haven't quite reached those heights yet. But, you you know, I got really fucked off over the last year or two when somebody would be getting picked on by three of theirs and, 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 and they're not even bothering. They're just no, ignoring what, it. What, what, what was the game last season where Conor Gallagher was on the ground? I think it, was, it might have been West Ham or, you know, and there's two or three players putting their foot on him and none of his teammates no. were anywhere near. No, exactly. Yeah, that won't happen, I think, under this team and under Pochettino. Well, he's unified them, Mark. I mean, there's no. a real togetherness. There's a bond, and they're fight. They're playing for each other, and they're fighting for each other. And it is a joy. It's a joy to see. But uh, <clears throat> going back to, to to Cole Palmer, we've hardly mentioned him tonight, and yet he was absolute. He was at the heart of everything that we that we did well creatively. I mean, he was the absolute linchpin. I mean, what a what a player. He's only twenty one. What a player. I mean, he's just—he's brilliant, and I mean, I mean, fuck me—he he has got ice in his veins. I mean, that penalty, you know, against against the the club that you you grew up at, that you left in a little bit of controversy, perhaps. It's quite it takes big balls to turn around to Pep and say, "Fuck you, I don't want to play here anymore. I want to actually go and play football." In the last minute, in a game like that, where the emotions have been up and down like a yo-yo, I mean, the coolness to slot it away—not only slot it away. It was a superb penalty. I mean, that's, I mean, Harry Kane, love him or loathe him, is is one of the best penalty takers I've ever seen. Who doesn't do a like a, a Jorginho or Hazard, if you like? He just, you know, he hits it. That was beautiful. That penalty it was up there with that great penalty. And it's, it's remarkable as well. He only came into the side in September, so he did some subs appearances. His first, I think, proper game was the bright the Brighton game in the League Cup. That's not that long ago. But he's like he's been in that team for absolute yeah. ages. Yeah. And he's only got three goals so far, all penalties. He's, he's a really good penalty. He's, he, he's taken the penalty title, obviously, from Sterling. There was no question of Sterling grabbing the ball off him this time. No. It's just remarkable. He's, he's only started six or seven games. And yet, he looks like he's been at Chelsea on his ice. It was a shame he didn't score that goal. The, uh, the goal oh, from yes. The, oh, from, from that run. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, brilliant, wasn't it? But I, I was wondering if he, he got knocked off the ball. If he, or if he'd actually fallen over, I think he'd have got a penalty. Yep, I think you're right. There's definitely was, contact. Uh, yeah, yeah, there was definite contact beforehand. Yeah, yeah definitely. Now he, he is he's just an absolute delight, isn't he? I mean, you know, brilliant. I mean, actually, there's so many. I mean, I think all round they 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 played well. Palmer was outstanding. Sterling, we've hardly mentioned him. I, yeah, I, actually, his best yeah, game for yeah. Chelsea, without a doubt. But, I mean, he was winning the ball back. He was running at them. He was using his physicality. Yeah, he yeah. was. He was pumped. This is what you want to see from players like that. Leadership, Mark. Yeah, and the other thing about it, he was up against Walker. Walker's no slouch. Walker's a very, very good yeah, defender, he and he had a hard time handling Sterling yesterday. Sterling was giving him a bit, a bit of a run around yesterday. As you say, you know, Sterling's best game for Chelsea. He scored a goal. He was up. He was down. He was getting stuck in. And I think we have to mention, and I know JK mentioned it in his fan bite, Cucurella. Oh, the yeah, super now, poodle, mate. The, the super poodle. And I, I, I said it you know, previously, and we talked about him last season, and we knew the player he was at Brighton. And we know since some of the personal problems he was dealing with, He's been absolutely superb the last few weeks. But yesterday, it, it was a hard job choosing the best player yesterday for the Premier League. I know Palmer got it. There were so many Chelsea players that were outstanding yesterday, and the Super Poodle was one of them. And bearing in mind that early yellow card he got 
but yeah. he was getting his foot in. He likes to get stuck in. He was he's ferocious, not, Mark. He, he was. I mean, again, it was that sort of. He almost needs this. This. What, what was that? Oh God, David Banner. He's like David Banner in The Incredible Hulk. You had to get David Banner angry, and then he turns into the Hulk. It's almost <laughs> like you have to get Cucurella angry, and then once he's angry, he just plays out of his skin. Because yeah. it happened. You know, it happened earlier in the season where. Yeah, he, I think he got kicked or got a card against him. And he played like a madman for the last half hour of the game, not caring and just flying it and tackling it. And you sort of thought, wow. So credit where credit is due. He's he's come in for a lot of criticism from Chelsea supporters. I thought he was superb yesterday. And I mean, he got in because Colwell had a, a muscle tweak somewhere. Yeah, on his shoulder point. or something. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't. A, a, it wasn't. A, I thought it was originally a, a selection thing. He thought, well, actually, let's have a. A proper left back, but no, and he he, he really committed himself wonderfully. Uh, David Lotz has said uh, Sterling phenomenal. Cucurella, I didn't think was great yesterday, but he's been fantastic. But ha- but has been fantastic overall. He had good moments yesterday for sure. I I'm not so sure. I I agree with that, David. I mean, you know, watching from where I was watching, he was everywhere. He was up and down uh, the pitch, putting in tackles, last it dis- ta- last ditch tackles. I thought he was. I mean, I don't know. Did I not? Did I miss something, boys? No, I, I thought he had. I thought he had a great game yesterday. Uh, and again, he's trying to work out. Although he, I think he was picked on merit, and he's picked because he was a left back, and he is a, he is actually a left back rather than a, a wing back, you know, or, or a left left winger. But at times he was playing like a left winger. He was so far up the pitch, but he got back again. I just thought he had a really, yeah. really good game oh, yesterday. And and you needed that. You didn't need any shrinking violets yesterday. They're a physical team. They take no prisoners, that Manchester City team. They're physical. They get stuck in. And we had to match fire with fire yesterday. And we did. And the likes of Cucurella, Desazi as well, he gets stuck in. You know? yeah, he does. Still, still, still one or two errors, but there you go. Let's not pick holes. But then, you know, as I said, there were errors. The goals we let in yesterday, there were errors. We, we let in some soft goals yesterday. Yeah. I thought Sanchez had a very good game. That save he made from Harlem was fantastic. Excellent. He made oh, two, cool. two great saves. Yeah, that one from yeah. Harlem was superb, but he made one yeah, of the yeah. first half. Kind of hit yeah. more at him, but it was yeah. a good save. And crucial time. That, that yeah. save from Harland. They'd have yeah. gone 2-1 up, I think, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would have done, yeah. That yeah. was a wonderful save. That was wonderful. Yeah. Well, no, 2-0 up, I should say. Sorry. Yeah, it would have been it would have been 2-0. Yeah. 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 No, he I I you know, look, I I I think he's, you know, he's a good goalkeeper. He's not a very good, you know, center back. You know, he can't play out from the back as a center no, back, would, but he's a bloody good goalkeeper. Who knew? I mean, you know, hypercritical, I think the the goal from the corner you know, maybe you, you come out, command your box a bit more. He's a big unit, but... He were... fell over. He fell Did over he... on the line. Did you see that? I didn't. I missed that. I no, missed I that. that. Yeah, he just, he somehow just went with a header and he sort of went... Ugh. There we go. There we go, JK. I was guilty of ball watching, clearly. Indeed. Well, I, think there was, I think there was a few people ball watching. Again, as I said, that was just a... That was a bit of a silly goal for us to concede, and especially yeah. at, at the critical part of the first half. Was it Akanji that scored it? Yeah, because I think he got in between Silver and Zazi, and well, they changed the angle, didn't they, Mark? By playing it quite yeah. wide, yeah. they played the corner quite wide rather than doing it with the two players by the ball. They actually, yeah. played, so the angle was coming up from that. It's that kind of bizarre angle where there was a period under Tuchel we used to give a goal away every single time the ball came in from that angle. 
but but but, but, to, to, but to be honest, in terms of yesterday, yesterday was just so good, such a great team for it. Would really be just picking of us, this or like pick holes at some of the goals we conceded. You know, that's been the best game of the season so far by a country, my best game for quite a long time. Um, I mean, we sh- we should mention. Uh, I know we've mentioned Gallagher a lot today, but we should mention James too because you know, again, he's being uh, rationed, which I think is sensible. I think they're being, you know, very judicious about this, and I ho- I hope actually that they do the same with Lavia and Nkunku when they return from injury, and Chilwell for that matter as well, and anybody else we got injured. But you know, I think I think actually, you know, what we're seeing. I mean, we, you know, we've got a first eleven. That's very clear. But we're beginning to see signs that we've actually got a squad too. You know, that there are people who can come in and do a really good job. So when these guys are all fit, you know, they don't have to hurry them back in. You know, it's not like you know we need them in. You know, we, we're we're doing all right without them. But when they're fit, we're going to have a really good squad. I think so. It's all boding well. We're going to talk more about that in uh, part two. But before we do, as always. A little pluggeroonie for uh, uh, something close to both Mark. Well, several things close to both Mark, my, uh, mine, and J.K.'s hearts. Uh, first of all, CFC UK. Um, I've got to, I've got to do an article this week, haven't I, Mark? A deadline Friday, isn't it? We'll have to race each other to see who will be the last one, as, as it's a tradition now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to a gig on Thursday, so I'm. It's gonna, uh, who, who are you going to see? Death Cult. Oh right! Oh, he's reformed it as he's gone back to the original band. Well, they're doing yeah. like a special forty year forty years, yes. forty years of yeah, Death Cult, eighty three, yeah. eighty three, twenty three. So they're playing most of the Dreamtime album. Where are they playing? Uh, well, I'm singing Bournemouth. Oh, what, what venue? Uh, probably the Academy. All oh, right, okay. Oh, so you'll have to get your article in on Thursday. Uh. Yes, that'll be that'll be early. I might try and write it tomorrow because I mm. I can't last minute this one because it's complicated. I haven't really worked it out yet. But mm. yes, yeah, so anyway, that will tell you people out there that there is a new CFC UK issue coming soon. Um, if you want to get one uh, in person on a match day, easy. Just go and visit the CFC UK stall opposite Fulham Broadway. If you if you're not at the matches, don't worry. You can still get a proper hard copy, uh, and you can subscribe for the whole season. And you do so by emailing fanzine at cfcuk.net. And in the UK, that'll be 20 quid for a year subscription. In Europe, 45 quid. Rest of the world, 60. Uh, If you just want a digital copy, as in uh, a PDF that is emailed to you, that will cost you six quid for a year subscription or one pound each. And you can pay via PayPal. And uh, there is probably not uh, a more important time. Mark will explain why in a minute to buy a Chelsea pitch owner's share uh, because obviously owning a share means you have a share of the freehold of the stadium and of course it protects it from being sold to a property developer in the future whether that's the short or long term we don't know um, but either way it means that football is played at Stamford Bridge it's spiritual home forever unless we agree not to but that's perfectly okay shares are priced at uh, about 110 quid for an electronic share up to about 175 quid for a framed share signed by a chelsea player and you go to chelseafc.com and search for chelsea pitch owners it's very important isn't it mark it is very very important and if you write stuff on twitter about the, the stadium or a new stadium Unless you are a CPO shareholder, you will have no say in the process because whether we move on a permanent basis or we move out on a temporary basis, either option would be presented to CPO shareholders to vote upon. 
So if you want to have a say, buy a CPO share today. Yeah. And while you're at it, um, you know, if you're not already, uh, sign up and be a member of the Chelsea Supporters Trust because you can you can get some say in what, well, hopefully you get your voice heard, if nothing else. Five quid, I think, a year to become a, a trust member. Go to ChelseaSupportersTrust.com. Uh, we had our our first board meeting of the new board because we just had our elections after the AGM. And I'm delighted to tell you that uh, we uh, voted for Mark to be chairman for the second year running which is what we would do of course because mark's done a fabulous job and we're lucky actually because mark's also the uh the fan of adv- one of the fan advisory boards so in terms of getting you know uh the the trust message and motions and policies across and what what the members want we've got uh a, like two bites of the cherry thanks to mark haven't we mark we do and there'll probably be lots of conversations coming up very very early on in the new year that'll be really important to chelsea supporters so again as chid said if you're not a member of the Chelsea Sports Trust already, a quick £5 will get you registered and get an opportunity for the CST board members to represent your views to Chelsea Football Club. Which is exactly what we do. Right. We will be back after this short break. You just get me... I need to get a Yeah, you can. Mark and I can have a, have, a, have a bit of a rabbit. What should we have a rabbit? I'll tell you what we can have a rabbit about. Uh, mm-hmm. The lovely Jack Davy. How are you, Jack? Mate, I haven't spoken to you for ages. I hope you're well. He says, can you guys have a chat about how mental it is, just how much a Chelsea fan Paul Merson is, or is it just me that finds it crazy but loves it? I, I had to point out uh, to a couple of Chelsea fans on Saturday, obviously when I was down at the Wheelstone Rochdale game, uh, and we are watching Sky Sports before and after, I said, have a look at Paul Merson. Look at the badge he's wearing. And he had a poppy badge with the, the, the Chelsea logo. And he, in recent weeks... And it started last season as well. I think I think it was at the Spurs game. Um, he was clocked at the Spurs game when we lost 2-0. And he was posing for photos with Chelsea fans. Now, most people in the know know that Paul has been a Chelsea fan. He he was going in the 83-84 season. And I think he has said, you know, that's the season he most remembers. Um, what a great season to remember, Paul. But more and more lately, and especially on social media as well, He's been very, very positive and pro-Chelsea. Fair, fair play to him. Great. And again, you know, to be fair also, he's very positive about his former team Arsenal as well. But his blueness is clearly coming through in recent months and recent weeks. I mean, like you, I've, I've always known he was a, he's a boyhood Chelsea fan. He's a Northfield boy, isn't he? He's yeah. come to Ealing that way. Yeah. I mean, even though he was Arsenal, I, 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 loved, I loved the Merce when he, even when he was an Arsenal player because I, I love... I love I love Mavericks and and Merce was a maverick, you know. Um, he seems like a lovely bloke too. I, I saw a brilliant documentary. Uh, it was basically uh, people talking about their mental health, and uh, they they went off on a big long hike in the countryside. And I think he went up somewhere like the like Cumbria or Yorkshire, Yorkshire Dales. I can't remember now. But and it was just him and a and a you know like a you know phone cam. Uh, and he was so it was like really reflective. He was lovely. He was in tears quite a lot of it, and you know he struggled a lot through his uh, gambling and stuff. And I just thought, what a fucking lovely bloke you are. I really warmed to him. But I mean, I loved him anyway. But I warmed to him even more. You know what? We, why don't we try and get him down the troubadour? Well, just stra- the strange thing was um, when we were talking about this on Saturday. That's what one of my friend said. He said, like, why don't you get him on the Chelsea fan cast? Yeah. He'd, 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 he'd be he'd be great. I think the other thing is if people are sort of like um, 
listening and have they not yet read Paul's book Hooked? Yeah. And he talks about his addictions and his challenges yeah. in life and his mental health. It is an absolutely superb book to read. And you, you love the guy even more. And like what he has been through, you know, he, he is a maverick. He has an addictive personality and the things that follow that through. And he would, as he says himself, he'd probably bet on two flies racing each other up against the wall. And he's had to control a lot of the demons in his life and very reflective in the book and talking about that. But it's just such a great thing to see because we've said this many times, we as a football club are underrepresented in the media and on football shows on Saturdays and Sunday with former Chelsea players. There's just not enough of them. It's dominated by Liverpool, Manchester United players, for example. There's not enough ex-Chelsea players doing television work, fight, fighting our corner. We've, we've got Cundy at the bridge. We've got Cundy at TalkSport, which I hasten to add. Clearly, if you've heard him on TalkSport, was it yeah after we beat Tottenham when he was doing like your boys took a hell of a beat that is just so funny but there isn't enough of them you could probably count on what fingers of one hand people in the Chelsea corner Joe you know, Cole who, you've got Joe Cole you've got Scott Minto you've got Graham Lasseau well, you hardly Townsend. ever hear from Lasseau yeah don't hear from Lasseau these days don't think Andy Townsend counts much Bearing in mind the reason for no. him leaving Chelsea, I heard ben I Hoddle, heard a, I heard a really good joke from Townsend this morning. I happened to be listening to Talk Sport on oh, radio oh, this morning. Oh, he's, oh he's yeah, and he, he was basically saying he was yeah. basically saying that uh, he he was playing at the bridge and mm. uh, he was inside his own half. He said, mm. and he got called for offside, and he had a big row with the referee, saying, "Mate, my feet were inside," and he heard somebody shout from the east stand, "Yeah, yeah but your nose was offside," <laughs> which I thought was brilliant. <laughs> Listen, yeah. before we go back, this is this is premium content for Mixler people only. See, we do love you, really. Mm. Uh, Malcolm has asked, what corporate governance protections are there to prevent a group from buying up a majority of shares of the CPO? I know the answer, but I think you probably be best coming from you. We say what corporate governance? Yeah, you, you go for it, yeah. Well, so, I mean, yeah. basically what he's saying is what's stopping people from carpetbagging? Well, the thing is, Malcolm... As uh, Nathan there's, said, there's a limited number of shares that people can vote with. Yeah, yeah, it, we were saying been, that on the board tapped. meeting yeah. yesterday, weren't yeah. we? It's it's ten, yeah. it's ten. It's so 10. Yeah. you yeah. only get a maximum of ten votes, no matter how many shares you have, right? Yeah. But but it's it's. I still think it's important people buy those shares because if you look at the vote last time, I know it's sixty one percent, and they have to get seventy five percent. But sixty one percent, the gap only translates about fifteen hundred votes. Yeah. Which out of twenty three thousand shares isn't a great deal. So it makes it even more important that if people either want us to stay at Stamford Bridge or want to say where we move out, say temporarily, if we have to yeah, you know, we clearly have to move from Stamford Bridge, it's very important that people buy shares. Yeah. Indeed it is. Right. <clears throat> a quick clear of the throat and uh let's jog on, as they say. Chidge. JK in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? 
Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am Stamford Chidge, and I'm joined as ever by the delicious Jonathan Kidd. Oh, am I like a chocolate? You are like a Terry's oh. orange. Oh, thank you. Um, uh, hello. Round, round and quite acidic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately thought of a turd. <laughs> that wouldn't taste very nice at all. Uh, we've also got the brilliant, the absolutely brilliant, uh, a, a man who has enriched <laughs> our strange little Monday and Friday worlds for the last few years and uh, we're, we're so delighted we've got him on board Mr Mark Meehan Thank you very much, always good to be on the show I think, yeah, talking about chocolate I think wasn't that when Dennis Wise and Glenn Hoddle weren't getting on didn't I think Dennis Wise say something about that about Glenn Hoddle Yeah, he, right. he, yeah, he loved himself so much he'd, he'd lick himself, himself. Yeah. Yeah. He'd lick, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right, he probably mm-hmm. would too uh, I actually managed to get um Les Ferdinand on a show I was producing to say on on camera about Graham Pohl that he he, he, he you know he loved he, yeah he, he said he loves he loves himself he's like chocolate he'd lick himself if he could or something like that so a very similar thing I do like Celez actually he's a lovely bloke right anyway we're not here to talk about Celez we're talk, here to talk about uh, more uh, Chelsea versus Man City and um, a little bit more general uh, this part rather than. Uh, just going back over what we we loved about the match but um oh i know what i was going to do i completely forgot to do this but uh, I'll, I'll 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 talk to you and then then we'll take it from there jk i thought the, the wonderful thing about about the match is um we've heard for quite a long time now not just this season but seasons before um when we've moaned about the tippy tappy bollocks that Mark was talking about earlier on, you know, why do they not go forward? Why do they not take a chance? And you hear the managers <clears throat> saying, reading between the lines, they've got to be braver. In other words, they've got to take a risk. They've got to risk making a mistake. They need to take that, that fear away. And that's what I loved most 
about this. It wasn't just that they took it to City and they went toe-to-toe with them physically in every other way, but they were really brave in doing that. And I thought for a young side to do that was exceptional. Maybe, I don't know, you could argue that maybe that's easier because they are a young side, so they were prepared to give it a go. You know, quite often you find youngsters are a little bit more brave than those of us with a bit more experience and knowledge. But I just love the bravery of it, and I think that fits into a lot of what managers have been saying for a few years now. But it's obviously helped because, um, as in with Liverpool and as with Arsenal, they're all trying to play decent football and... and and take advantage of their better skill set. <clears throat> and what I like was the fact that we revealed that we've got an equally good, an equally good skill set to um, uh, to City, and in the same way have, as with Liverpool and with Spurs. It, but my fear is once again is how is this going to work out when we play against the teams who who um, the the Sheffield Uniteds of this world, the um, uh, the Lutons, um, who will defend and try and get us on the break and so far this season these are the teams we've come up against that we've not performed well but I honestly think that if we have this approach to playing any of those lesser teams we'll we'll prevail easily it's I almost feel that we get suckered into a kind of slower paced way because we haven't got much we, we don't know what to do in that environment but I felt I felt we really took a step up by the fact that Connor had so many shots from the edge of the penalty area, which is the the player that we know he is and the player that we've seen perform for Crystal Palace that way and and seen him, um, uh, well, had hints of that in his loan setups. Never, We've never had it with Chelsea. He's, he's, I think he's, he, he, this has been the perfect opportunity for him, for him to express himself. But um, uh, yeah, the, the, the the speed with which the ball was passed about and also the, and it was, it was, it was spurred on though by, um, Sterling, really, you've got to give huge kudos to Sterling because I reckon if Sterling is in that mood and has that skill against any of these lesser teams, um, they'll take them to the cleaners. I think we'll we'll win easily. I, I just think it's it it's it, it's required that several of the players step up, step up, <clears throat> and everybody else follows them. And I think we got that yesterday. What do you reckon, Mark? I think the real tests will come in a few weeks' time. I think was it Sheffield United? Is it the sixteenth of December? We've got we've got Newcastle next. That'll be an open game because that's the way Newcastle play football. We've got Brighton. Yeah, Brighton will be uh, an open game. Well, yeah, Bright- Brighton are very open. They'll they'll play football. That that will just be the real test. And I think JK's right. I think we have to go at teams from the very beginning. Sometimes we've been slow starting. If we can manage to get in, and Liverpool have actually at their peak in the last few years, have been very good at this, that Liverpool in the first 10 minutes just tear into teams. And so often, like in Prem predictions, even though I'm having a bit of a shocker, uh, I often used to choose Liverpool as first quickest team to score because they got so many goals in like the first 10 minutes. And I think we need to do that. And it just breeds confidence. And I think we've got four goals, two games running against two very good sides. It's still, as we say, a work in progress. If we start banging in the fours, against the likes of Sheffield United. Yeah. I think we're in a step, step in the right direction. But, and I think this is what this season is going to be, I still think we're going to have those moments yeah. where we will, as you see, tear into Man City, take Tottenham apart, but slip up against someone else who, who we, should, we should be beating. 
because I think that's just part of the learning curve of, of this this side this season. It's, it's going to take a while. Yeah. There'll be good days and there'll be lots of good days, hopefully, but there might still be an occasional bad day. Well, exactly. And I think the important thing is when those bad days come, people don't lose their shit. No, exactly. Well, I think, I think you know, it's, it's a question of uh, remembering, you know, weeks like this. It's been, you know, an incredible week, yeah. which we'll talk about more in a minute, but, you know, the... the, the it, it, this does not mean that we are back to where we were. It just means that yeah. we can see that we can get back. And I'll talk about that later as well. But going back to scoring four against City, I mean, not many sides score four against City. Um, the last, I mean, they've had a few threes against them, even though they've they've kind of like won 6-3 and things like that. But the last time, JK, that City conceded uh, four goals or more was on the 27th of September, 2020, quite remarkably in the Premier League against Leicester City where they lost 5-2 at home. You know, this is this is like over 3 years since they've let in let in more, you know, more than four goals or four goals or more and we did that on Saturday. And they had two lucky goals and none of our goals was lucky. Exactly that, exactly. I mean, you know, like I said a minute ago, you know, it's it's really lovely I think this week, you know, the confidence and self-belief I think that's what I was talking about, Mark. You know, yes, we might screw up against a few sides that are going to hit us with a low block, but the fact that they've now experienced this, and this is the thing that we haven't got with this this squad yet because they are young. It's getting, you know, kind of flying hours under the belt, if you like. Experiences like this. And I just think the the you know, the self-belief will do them so much good. And belief in the manager too, who you can yeah. imagine saying to them, look, you know, if you're brave... And have a go, rewards will come. You're good enough, so enough with this tippy-tappy bollocks, sideways and backwards passing and not shooting bollocks. This is how it works. And now here's the proof, you know. And I think I think we've got the makings of a very, very good side here. But do you know what? Here's the other thing that I loved about, uh, and I am, I, I'm, I've, I'm, I've fallen back in love with Chelsea, having been a bit off them recently, shall we say. But I've <laughs> thoroughly fallen back in love with them. And the thing that was so different about the match on Saturday, it's the first time I've seen this phrase, and I think the fact that it, it wasn't tippy-tappy bollocks has everything to do with it. It was such an entertaining match. End-to-end, toe-to-toe, attacking on the front foot football. JK, when was the last time? I was trying to think about this. When was the last time we, we really saw this kind of football? At the Ajax? Yeah, good shout. Yeah. That was a 4-4, wasn't it? That's 4-4, yeah. Had changed. It did. It's I, I, almost like you know, not quite to the year, but Ajax was what it, it had shades of Frank's first season yesterday. Yeah, where that Ajax game, it was November two thousand and nineteen, so almost like four years ago, and we went toe to toe with Ajax. We were losing Ajax. We came back and drew four four, and I think was it Dave had a disallowed goal that would have made it five yeah. four. Yeah, and it came away feeling like a victory though it was only a draw, yeah. and you begin to think. Yeah, this this is there's something about this side. Although Frank had a couple of good wins early in the season as well at Wolves away and Norwich away as well, but there was something about yesterday as well. I think, and this is not a criticism, and I think Clayton, you know, put uh, put this up yesterday. I stayed behind yesterday, clapped the team off. It was just tremendous. Boom. I think if Pochettino had walked over to the Matthew Harding yesterday, I think that would have been a real big step in the right direction because he would have got a really good reception. And I know maybe he was absorbed with going after the Gareth 
in the centre circle at the he end was, of the he game. He was busy getting booked at the time, wasn't he? <laughs> exactly. But nonetheless, I think that would have capped all, all, all off yesterday. That I think the last week has probably been a really important week for Pochettino. If anyone thinks he was still Spursy, we've gone to Tottenham and we've won and we've turned in that kind of performance for him yesterday. JK, he, can you remember? Is he, Sorry, known, mate, is he known for going and, and um, doing what lots of managers do? I, I've, he's, he, what he seems to be... Um, he embraces everybody, Pochettino. He mm. seems to know everybody on the pitch. Oh, he did all the Man City players as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So yeah. You, he almost hasn't got yeah. enough time to wander off yeah. and, uh, and, and and wave at the crowd. The moment yeah. almost goes because he's he's so keen on on giving giving of people that he. I mean, like he gave um, Walker an enormous hug and a chat with him because he managed him at Tottenham. Yeah, yeah. he gave. Yeah. Um, um, he went, who else did he embrace, man? I mean, he embraced all the Chelsea players, obviously, over and over again, you know, people coming up. But yes, as you say, nearly every City fan. So I felt he could have peeled off and just... But by then, you're left with a skeleton crowd as well, aren't you? That's the trouble. Um, uh, he almost needs to get it in earlier than the crowd would hang around a bit more. Um, and, and, and maybe he is more, you know, thinking about his players above, above and beyond everything else. What, what I hear about Pochettino... He he really is. He's not. He's not like the Jose type. You know, he, I don't think for one minute he'd ever take a player off after, you know, halfway through the first half, for example. I yeah. think he really does the sort of the arm. He's. I think he very much is the arm round the shoulder type manager. He's a player's he, manager. He is. He just checks in on the players all the time, make sure they're okay. You know, concerned about their well-being, etc. Yeah, and doing everything possible behind the scenes to make sure that everything is working fine for when they then can turn out on the pitch on a Saturday or a Sunday. I think he's very much, you know, as you say, yeah, a player's manager. The uh, the encouragement that each substitute gets, which takes place right below yeah. me, is is um, fantastic to watch, actually. He's, you know, the few set minutes, the few seconds they're hanging about, which occasionally could be a minute when the referee, the ball doesn't go out or the referee doesn't decide. I don't quite understand why refs occasionally don't allow subs on. It does, it, I always thought that you could do it instantly, the ball went out, but no. Um, by the way, just to mention Taylor yesterday, um, didn't let who did he not let back on who'd been injured Gusto. for about yeah for about a minute and a half. What the fuck was that all about? His ego. Meanwhile, they're all attacking. He's just a wave of his hand is all he needs to do, and and he let him on them when the ball was near him, and he went and attempted to tackle somebody coming in from the angle, which was even worse. He, there were so many opportunities for that, but um, yeah, the amount of 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 love that each player gets just before they, they go on the pitch is fantastic. You know, just always advising them, patting them on the shoulder, putting his arm round, and uh, that strange thing that lots of sportsmen do, then patting them on the bum as they go onto the pitch, which I've never quite understood, but um, seems to they be... They didn't uh, do that in my day. No, me in my day neither, kids. why I'm saying that. <laughs> you know what? I, I think mean... So, so I was going to say on, as well, right I think I think that other thing uh, just about that confidence and they've gone toe to toe with Man City. I think it's been said like on a previous show as well. It just brings it back again that Carabao Cup tie with Newcastle next month is really really important because if we get through that, we're in the real latter stages of that competition. And if this side got through to a Wembley final and won it, I think that would do a phenomenal amount for that team as well. Actually, Pochettino yeah, he'd have won a trophy. Yeah. No, it's yeah. it, it would be huge. Yeah. It would be yeah. huge. And and I think this is the point, you know, I think that point I made a minute ago is that, you know, as a team, 
you know, they are very, very young and inexperienced mm. and they won't have experienced collectively many games like the Tottenham game or the City game. And they need they need, they need those those miles, you know, under the belt, as I was saying. Some of them are reveling in it, though. Palmer's yeah. reveling in yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Loves every second of his of the, the, the focus that he's getting. Yeah. You, you could tell he's, he's basking. He's in his in element. Like, oh, completely, completely. You know, yeah. But I think, I think, you know, what we've seen this week is, is, uh, is, is quite something on so many levels. I mean, you know, bloody hell, you know, all three of us, we've been around the block a long, long time watching this mad fucking, you know, kind of roller coaster of a football club. But it, it, it's amazing, isn't it? what winning against Spurs does to this football club. I, I'm convinced that everything has changed since we, we did that. That 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 match will be, I think, we'll look down and, you know, when we're doing 50 years of Chelsea in about 50 years' time, Mark, it won't be us, will it? But, uh, you know, <laughs> if, if we're still alive, uh, we're doing that. It'll take 50 years to do the programme, yeah, wouldn't it? it up, yeah. Well, I, I can't remember. You know. anyway, but, uh, you and JK know. would go, oh, he set me off again. Like, I'm bringing it all back. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, when we do look back at that, that will be. I think it will be seen as a real turning point. It's amazing how many times, you know, Spurs have helped us out by being so abysmally shit and their sphincter going and their psychological damage they're therefore to see and, and we come away and I think it's changed things but I think the other thing it's changed is is the relationship and this is this is what you were saying this a bit in, in part one both of you were really about the crowd but you know there's now beginning to be you know a relationship between the crowd and the players and the crowd and the manager you know we we we, we've been quite vocal about not really liking the players much, certainly last season. But this season, it's, it's beginning to be different. There are a lot of, you know, we're beginning to see who these players are, their personalities. When they put, you know, put their bollocks on the line like they did yesterday, you, you warm to them. And I think we're going to see this grow and grow and grow through the season. But also with Poch, because, you know, I, I, I like him. I think he's a very likeable man. He's clearly a very good manager. But whatever else you say, he he was the Spurs manager, you know, and that's always going to be a bit of an obstacle, really. I mean, you know, part, weirdly, I never felt that way with Glenn Hoddle, but I really liked him as a player, even though he was Spurs, oddly. But, you know, but I think we're going to see a real warming to Poch now. I think, we, you know, and I think you're right, Mark. It would have been really good if he'd have, you know, just to come to acknowledge that. You know, I think he does need to do this because we're. it's almost like we're kind of, I don't know. It's not like it's a bit. Do you know what? It, I tell you what. It's akin to. It's a bit like, uh, um, you know, in Gladiator. You know, when you had a gladiator, is it very much like the film actually, where they have a gladiator that they didn't like, and then suddenly he does something really cool, and it just gets him on side with the crowd, and suddenly they're right behind. I think we're kind of at that moment with Poch and also the team. What do you think? You mean he's got to throw a net over somebody and get them with a trident? Yeah, definitely. A throat shot by the Trident, that would be, yeah. Oh, when you, when you were talking about Gladiators, I wasn't thinking about the film. I was thinking about the ITV programme that John Fashion presented. No, Mark. No, no. No. I'm talking about Maximus. <laughs> I know. For some reason, I just said, Gladiators, are you ready? Yes, no, Mark. No, Mark. No, no, no. But you see what I mean? Do you think that, you know, we're at that kind of point and it and it... Some, something needs to seal the deal. I feel. Uh, I think. I still think. And I, I'm not. I'm not putting a damper on it because I think it was absolutely fantastic yesterday, and the crowd were brilliant. Yesterday, tremendous atmosphere. 
I still think, and it's not for us because we're far too old, um, but probably more for some our younger fans. I still think there's a thing to do about the existing players. Now, away games are great. and It was brilliant at Tottenham during the week. But there's only... I don't know, it's a bit like the Chelsea songbook, but singing about Dennis Wise and San Siro and singing about Kalou, it would be nice if there's some creativity out there and we start having some of the songs with these players. Then you really know there's that link between the players and the supporters. Because if you think back when we were first going, before the game began, all the players would come out and warm up and you'd go from Peter Bonetti all the way through the team and everybody would have their own song. There's no song for Sanchez. There's no song for Gusto. Despite my best efforts, no one has written the words of Into the Valley or Dizazi. There's no song for Colwell. I think there's a song for Palmer. Is there? That, there is a song for Palmer. Um, do you know the song Man United fans were singing? No, City fans were singing the other week about um, Ten Hag staying for 10 more years. There's a song about Cole Palmer about signing for eight more years and Chelsea boys on the beers. So it's very much that Man City song at Old Trafford and Cole Palmer's in there, but it hasn't really taken off. There isn't really a song for Mudrick yet. Yes, there and is. And then obviously, no, no, no. Mudrick said start, to me. No, no, yeah, but that's not Mudrick's song. That's more about winning the Champions League. Yeah. He's he's got he's got the opening line, you might say. Uh, the Conor Gallagher song is shy. You know, oh. like, you know, <laughs> yeah, do, 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 Conor, <laughs> and even the Reese James song. That's a Tottenham song. You know, he's one of our own. You know, I, I'm... I'm there is nothing like Reese James. <laughs> nothing, nothing in the world. There is nothing you can name that is anything, anything like, like Reese James. <laughs> Love it. I should have realised when I said that that was going to happen. Yeah. Well, have you seen the one that Sid uh, Sid Celery put up ages ago? Yes. Which was yes. just astonishing. I mean, Super, it's the, it's the whole, the whole like eighteen yeah. verses of that. It's, it was, it was great. But again, there's no song for Caicedo. There's no song for Jackson. Most of this team do not have a song about them, and I think that would really that there'd almost be sort of like one or two years time if we look back on this and how this side has grown under Pochettino and it's getting back to where we were. If so many of those side are still there and they've got their own song about them. Because you look back at so many players down the years and they had a song about them. You know, some of our legendary players. Yeah, and Thiago's yeah. got two. I know, but he's Thiago's so loved. Thiago Silva, and then he's got and the PSG song. He's got yeah, that. Yeah. He has. I mean, simple, but it doesn't... Do you know what? I think sometimes it doesn't matter. I mean, yes, you know, the Thiago Silva one is like being done to death by, by loads of players. It doesn't matter. It's simple, and it's really effective. And I mean, mm. the, the, I mean, again, go back to the crowd yesterday and how wonderfully loud mm. it was and universal, mm. awful dancing. When he scored that yeah. goal, everybody on it immediately mm. oh TR goes and his little but, face when he scored yeah. he just goes mental it's just an knee slide a drug knee slide in the same corner but, but also I know it's the most annoying chance for opposition fans but that Chelsea oh, yeah, charm yeah. always yeah, it's, it's always you know, many times down the years in adversity yeah. when that song oh, I has I started and, song. Yeah, and yeah. so many times Jesse when we were behind it started up went round the ground it has a remarkable impact, yeah, on 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 footballers on a, on on a pitch. But it'd be yeah. nice. You're right. It'd be nice to get some going. I mean, JT made a lovely comment. I saw this somewhere on 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 Twitter, but he said that basically was saying it that was the best atmosphere he's experienced at Stamford Bridge since he was playing, and I thought that was very interesting. But uh, I have to say, and I know JK commented on this in the fan bite, 
uh, what the fucking fuck were Man City doing singing <laughs> Champions of Europe? You'll never sing that. I mean, I know they're a bit thick up north, but what the fuck was all that about, JK? Well, I, w- I was... Um, were they being the, ironic or something? The table I was sitting at, there was a Man City fan there. And at half time, I said to him, what was all that about? And he said, oh, no, they were being amusing. I said, well, it didn't come across as amusing. It just came across as completely thick as two short planks. I said, what? I said, or alternative, as I said in the fan bite, perhaps they have a, sing, a, a song sheet. It's actually all worked out. You know, they, they sing a certain number of songs in the first half, and that's always one of them. And somebody had forgotten to delete it on their iPad yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Although, although, to be fair, when we played Aston Villa, I think, I think it was last season, there was a small few people singing... Champions of Europe, you'll never and forest and forest. And for, and, yeah, I mean, yeah. I can, I mean, I can understand that to a degree. Yeah. I mean, it's for you, for ago, you, me, yeah. and JK, that is unconscionable. Yeah. But if yeah. you're 20 years old, you wouldn't perhaps yeah. know that Villa won yeah. the European yeah. Cup or Forest yeah. won it back to back. But yeah. um, you know, we we you know we won we we, we beat them for fuck's sake. I mean, they should know this. <laughs> I have the t-shirt on tonight. Indeed, you do. Yeah. I, I did. I did like the riposte, though. We've won it all. Yeah. Uh, and we've won it two times and crying in Porto. We saw you crying in Porto, which I thought was just sweet. And, and, and one thing they always seem to sing, and I never heard it yesterday, uh, maybe, maybe because it was so loud in the Chelsea part of the ground. Um, what's the one they sing? Um, Joy Division. City tearing companies apart again. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't hear them sing it yesterday, but they normally do that all the time they play us. Yeah, I think they played. Oh, no, I think they. Sorry, they did sing it once. They sang it very early. They did. On. I heard it. United yeah, sang it once. But they used to yeah. do it gigs, didn't they? Gigs, That's gigs it. will tear you apart again. Yeah. yeah. But they they sing tearing cockneys apart when we're not cockneys. I know, fucking wankers. Go to West yeah, Ham they, and sing that. They might, might. They say there you go. They might be a bit thick. I think yeah. they are. Uh, I mean, D- David, the lovely David we had on last Friday is a bit of an outlier in that respect. He's a he's a highly intelligent man and a damn fine chap, actually. Um, we do like talking to him. So there we go. An amazing week. Hammered Spurs away. Went toe-to-toe with the best team in Europe. I do think that the boys have come of age. I mean, in some ways, JK, you know, it reminded me a little bit of uh, some of the matches we played in the Champions League, actually, uh, against Barcelona and Liverpool in the past, where we, we just basically you know, went, you know, toe-to-toe and really went at two really good sides with no fear uh, and, and, and just gave it everything, you know, it, whether you were defending or attacking or whatever. Yeah. It had that feel about it, didn't it? Yeah, and, and the crowd just go for that. You just, you you empathise with the, the, the players completely. You're, it, you, you are at one with the team. It's, it's you encourage them and they, 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 the energy they give on the pitch is then transmitted to you it's just a it's a it's a great round you know it's a circular thing it's just fantastic it was it, it is the the two these two games this week i say it again it's just completely joyous absolutely joyous because that's what you want watching this team this is what we've had this is the trouble it's like a drug isn't it we've had this we've had this in the last few seasons we've had this the last 20 years and we, the last couple of years have been really difficult. And then you get it back and you think, yeah, this is exactly what I want. I want more of this. And so you hope that, you know, let's let's hope they don't go on a run and then lose three times because then it'll just be, you think, oh, God, what have they, why, what did they have? But, I, I, you know, that's me just being unbelievably pessimistic. I actually think that we're not going to have that. We're going to have 
improvement upon improvement upon improvement. But it also depends on the players staying fit. You yeah. know, you've said one of the reasons that you're looking better on the right hand side is because Reese is now playing yeah. and looks fit. You know, and, and Reese is a really important player for the team because he is a class act. He is. And, uh, you know, so that the Gusto, bless his cotton socks, you know, blasted over from about, you know, 10 yards towards the end. And I felt for him because it would have been a great goal. But uh, there's the difference, you know, is that if Reese had been given the ball in that position, he'd have slotted into the corner without any any shadow of a doubt. Now, I felt I felt sorry for Gusto. Oh, yeah, me too, I, me too. Yeah, I felt sorry. It would have been great because I, I think he, we talked about the squad earlier. I think he's done a fine job. Whenever he's been asked to come into the team, and I but think it's also it's part of the spirit, Mark, because you can yeah, see they're yeah. all very fond of each other. That's what I like yeah, as well. Yeah. It's the the appreciation they have, the support they have for each other, is yeah. also something that I think comes from the manager, because the manager, as I say, is a is so good at encouraging them, and and and, and they, they they all appear to like each other, which is fabulous. You know, well, I think he's inculcating yeah. that, as you said. I mean, he's. Yeah. You know, they're becoming a team. Yeah, it's just there's all these positives, you know. The future's, I think, really bright. I really do. And and it's, it's we've had, so, I mean, I talked to Rick about this today, actually. Funny enough, talking about the crowd. And, you know, he was saying that, you know, I think it, what what happened yesterday was, was, was almost like a, a real outpouring in a way because, or, or a liberation would be another yeah. way of putting it. Because we've actually had, I mean, you know, it started going to shit after Reese got injured against Juve. Um, bad things started happening to Chelsea. Lukaku acted like a wanker. Then we had all the injuries, the COVIDs in, in, in December, and we had to play all of those games. Fucking Premier League fucked us over. That game against Wolves that should have been called off because it was foggy. All these bad things started happening to us. That, that culminated in, in the sanctions and everything that happened from that. And then we had Potter last year. We've just had, you know, nigh on two years of unbelievably stupid, ridiculous and awful things happening, which has fucked us all off. I mean, I, I woke up in the summer and, and, and was starting to think, you know, I'm really depressed about this because it's kind of made me realise why I hate modern football. I mean, when we were winning everything, we had Tuchel in charge, it kind of made me forget about that. And I was like thinking, I've, I've had enough of this shit. I've got other things I'd like to do with my life. Fuck that shit. After yesterday, I am 150% fully back in fucking love with Chelsea. <laughs> I fucking love it. <laughs> Until <laughs> was... the next time. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, well, it should have been a mic drop, shouldn't it, really? It's a really good way to end it. But yeah. um, Now, I, I, I won't end it here because I've got some... I will end it in a minute, but... Uh, 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 you know, there, there are some shout outs I have to do actually, because apart from everything else, one of the things I've never, never tired of and have always loved, as as, as you boys know and, and do as well, it's the number of people that we know and meet, uh, you know, before and after. And today and yesterday was spectacular in reverse order, as it were. <laughs> I met these uh, two lovely lads who were sitting a couple of seats away from me. Uh, called Richard and Lee, and they were from Jersey. They were over from Jersey for the match. Uh, they're both members of the Chelsea Supporters uh, Club, and they were lovely. They were lovely. They, they, you know, they. I think Richard said, "Oh, you're Chidge, aren't you?" And I've been listening to the podcast for years. It really, really enjoyed it. It's a lovely, lovely chat with them. Had a had a photo with them. Top top lads, and they were sitting next to. <clears throat> Uh, some lovely lady who I do recognise. She's been there a few times, and he was obviously Richard was explaining to to Charlie 
who I was. And she was like, oh, I didn't know I was sitting next to a celebrity. I was like, I really don't think you've been sitting next to a celebrity at all, Charlie, but very nice of you to say so. She was lovely. John Gordon, the lovely John, he was in there, lovely chat with him. Um, and we and, and, and in the pub before, Tracy, Mars, Nathan, who's in Mixler tonight, Phil Spector, Dan, Dom, Ben, we all kept turned up after the trust meeting. I saw Graham but and waved, but he disappeared. I don't know where he went to. I, I owe him a pint. Tim, lovely to see Tim. Lovely chat with Steve Burton and his son, Jonathan. Loza from The Beautiful Game was there. I saw Pablo as well. I haven't seen Pablo for ages. And Sam and Nick and Bex and Stu. Uh, we bumped into Cundy, as you were saying earlier, weren't you, Mark? And uh, bumped into Rick as well. Marco and DJ at the stool. Chuckles at the stool as well. And Simon Kirby and Chelsea Chadder were in the pub too. And Ange, the lovely Ange, a long-time finder of Southampton away tickets for me as Ange. She's lovely. So absolutely brilliant. It really really kind of capped off a fine day. I mean, that was before mainly, but it just made it all all the better, really. I was kind of going to say, not a mic drop at all, really, but I think in terms of where, where we are now, boys, I'm going to quote Churchill here. Uh, I thought it was Churchill yes. when I saw the script. This, yes. is, this is not the end. Yes. This is not the end. It's not even the beginning of the end. But it is perhaps the end of the beginning, Jonathan. I would have thought you got Jonathan to do that in a Winston Churchill voice. The end of the end. The end of the end. No, I can't do it. Sound more like Rowley Barkin, mate. Yeah, did. I did. You're very, very strong. You have to be more like that, don't you? More like that. At the end, the beginning. It's not the end. It is the beginning of the end. And the yes, and I've got a cigar and my trousers are falling down. That's Boris Johnson, mate. Yeah, that's true as well. Well, I think there was an element of right wingery about them both. Um, uh, 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 it's kind of where we are, isn't it? Though it's actually quite apt, I think. Well, we're not there yet. We're not. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a long way to yeah, go, yeah, but I think yeah. we 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 have there. Something has turned. You yeah. know, something has shifted. Well, let's let, you know with football. You know what happens in football is. I think one of the other things we have to remember is we're not playing in Europe, and I think it's unbelievably advantageous. Yes, I agree. Um, because. Um, Every team we've played, seem, every team that you, as the Prem predictions has, has, has proven, um, there are some strange results because teams are exhausted or teams yeah. suddenly suddenly get lots of injuries because they've been forced to 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 play team play sides in stronger sides on the during the week than they would at the weekend. Um, so uh, we have advantages that. Um, uh, Particularly, we've got a couple of weeks off now where I think he, um, it, it may be that Nkunku slots in or has an opportunity to come on as a sub. I think he's he's that far advanced. Um, but yeah, we're in a very good place now. And uh, there's enough of the season left to finish top four with ease. Yeah. And even win a couple of, win a trophy. So I. Although there will be some downs as well as ups. As well, as and well. That, and that, that might say, scupper it because we're, we're a good. We're a good ten, but about twelve points off top four, aren't we? Yeah, but I'm still. We just, you know, get on a winning streak, you know, yeah. I, um, which is very, very, we're very capable of. With the effort is put in, like it was yesterday. You know, I, I, I think, I think, you know, another thing. I mean, the, I think the point you were both making about, you know, no Europe giving Poch more time on the training ground. I mean, of course, remember what happened with Conte 
uh, when we won the league because of that, basically. Um, but I think the other thing is, you know, Poch kind of said at the time it, it's going to take X long to, to do this. I wonder if it's happening maybe quicker because, A, we he has more time on the training ground because we have no European competition. And also, maybe these players are actually very, very good. And, of course, being young, they're eager to learn. He's not trying to teach old dogs new tricks. Well, I think they love that. You could see that they loved being able to compete with City at the weekend. Yeah. They loved it. The the younger players, yeah. the very fact that they can say that's the best team in the world, supposedly, and we we score four against them. Yeah. That's that's really going to do wonders for their uh, self esteem. Yeah. Definitely. So um, yeah, there's some very positive things to be taken from these two results this week. Very positive indeed. Mark, final word to you. I think I said it on a previous show and looking at our fixtures coming up, I think we'll probably really see where we are probably about the end of December. So that's the halfway point of the season. We should have played everybody once and we've still got bloody Sheffield United at home to play on the 16th of December. As we said, if we can put four past them, that will be a step in the right direction when they play their low blocking 10 man behind the ball. But it is a work in progress. It's a step in the right direction the last seven days. If a week's a long time in politics, it's an even longer one in, in football. And we know from our history, we've had some really shocking weeks uh, in the past. Old people, old enough, JK will remember in 1971-2 in the same week, we got knocked out of two cups by Leighton Orient and got beat by Stoke City at Wembley. So anything can happen in seven days in football. Yeah. And we've had a very good seven days. Let's see what the next six or seven weeks brings. I really, as I said earlier, I really stake a lot of importance on that quarterfinal against Newcastle next month. Win that. And again, they're a good side, Newcastle. We've got them as our next game. We're then in the semi-finals of a cup competition. And I think that is just so important. I'm still not sure because I think there'll, there'll still be the odd bad day whether or not we will make top four. I think certainly we'll be have European football next season. In some, in some shape or form. But let's just enjoy it. yesterday. Let's enjoy the last week. It is a pain in the derriere. There's now another international yeah. break. And again, for me, uh, people are losing their shit over the weekend. Why isn't Cole Palmer in the England team? Why isn't Reece well, he is, he is now. He, he is now. I'm bloody delighted they weren't in the England team. I, said, yeah, I think, hang on a minute. I'd rather they weren't anywhere near the England team and going off to play a a meaningless game against Malta when England are, you know, are as good as qualified. Or, oh, they're already qualified, aren't they? They are. Yeah, so what's, what's the point of that? So, so Gareth Southgate making five substitutions in the game. No, thank you. I'd rather if you know, Palmer and Reese James stayed at home, thank you very much. And well, Reese is out. staying at home. Cole will, oh, might, yeah. Cole will might not go if he's, uh, yeah. if he's injured. Cole yeah. is being called up. I mean, I think bottom line is we, we have to remember that we've got a lot of other players, uh, you know, on international duty. So we yeah. have to pray. Apart from the fact that it's it, it's fucking annoying having an international break after the momentum that we've gained yeah. Yeah. this this week. And I, that really annoys me, actually, because it would have been lovely to have gone into that next match, you know, on the back of this one. But we've also got to pray that none of them get injured on international duty. And and again, if this is the mad thing about football, you string a few wins together. In the event that actually we went up to Newcastle and beat them, and bearing in mind all yeah, and don't get me wrong, I like I like watching Newcastle play. I like how as a manager, we'd be one point behind them if we won up there. I'd love to beat them up there. I'd also love to smash Brighton big time by a lot of goals. 
Ah, uh, to be honest, I just put them back in their fucking place. I, I'm not bothered by Brighton at the end of the day. What's that? Brighton bubble, people, quarter of a million people reading his tweets about Chelsea. I just couldn't give a monkey's chuff about Brighton. I just not not bothered by it. By it, not bothered by people t- tweeting about it at the at the end of the day. They're Brighton at the end of the day. Let let them have their. Yeah, I, I know that. What one season in Europe? I know. Yeah, we're, I Chelsea, know. we're Chelsea. But I, yeah. I still I still would like to see us pump the fuck out of them. Um, by the way, Gusto's already come back. Apparently, he's uh, got a here we go a small lesion of the internal lateral ligament on the right knee, according to Laykeep. That'll do nicely. Thank you very much. Yeah, a uh, few, a few, few more like that. I'll, yeah, we we don't need an international break now. We only had one a couple of weeks ago. Totally agree. Um, I have to say, chaps, uh, that uh, it's been a lot of fun tonight. Um, it's so lovely, isn't it, to 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 really be back in love with it and positive and really looking forward to it i think from now on actually and to see that things might be working i'm i'm just really chuffed i have to say it um but that i'm afraid is all we've got time for tonight and in fact for uh we're not going to be on air doing a live show on friday or monday uh i am i am going to have an international break because i'm knackered um but i will hopefully put up uh i i, I hope i hope <laughs> I have to do a bit of judicious editing with the Mickey Thomas live at the Troubadour um, <laughs> after after a conversation with Mickey. Um, but I hope to, to get that up over the weekend. Um, and I might try and get another one up if I have, have time. So you'll have something to listen to from us. And of course, JK and I will be doing uh, an In Off The Post. All being well, won't we? Wednesday night? Yep. Uh, 16 emails to read out. Looking forward to that. And there might be some more before Wednesday. Oh, there might be actually. We, we'll see if we add them to the list. We, we'll see yeah. about that anyway. So, but if you want your e- if you want your emails read out, we always read them out, as you know. Uh, and uh, uh, you can also send Patreon, Instagram, tweets, Facebooks, whatever. But most people email. Uh, so the email address is chelseafancast at gmail dot com. And by the way, before we go away, uh, Jersey Boy is in uh mixler and uh he is in fact richard who i met uh on on sunday so there you go he's listening live brilliant stuff well done mate um so there we go um mark absolutely brilliant having you on the show as always always a pleasure mate always a pleasure to be on and just think back to that occasion a number of years ago we we're at neil bid's birthday over in greenwich yes and we met each other properly for the first yes. time and then uh, I met the criteria to be on the Chelsea fan club. I remember we talked about that. We did. See, JK, JK won't know this, actually. I don't think yeah. told. That's exactly right. You, yeah. We had a lovely chat, didn't we? And uh, mm. and I kind of knew who you were because, mm. I mean, fr- frankly, in the right circles, everybody knows who you are, Mark. You've been around forever. An absolute mm. fixture and legend. Mm. So, And I said that, didn't we? And I said, oh, well, we've had a beer now, so that counts. Yeah. So there you go. I don't know. Why did it take me so long after that? I don't know is the answer to that. <laughs> we probably need to have another beer to, to, to organise that. I think, yeah, absolutely great weekend. Thanks to everybody who gave me birthday wishes. You were all marvellous people. It was so, so sweet. I hope, I hope I haven't missed anyone. I thought I took the time and trouble to respond back to everybody. Uh-huh. A, a great weekend, you know, crowned off by a great performance by our team yesterday. Just a shame. We didn't win, but nonetheless, we put up a fantastic performance both on and off the pitch. And just to finish, uh, a couple of shout-outs from me, a couple of my drinking companions. Dave Rogers was 60 last week, and Eddie Ford's birthday is next weekend. So shout-out to both those. Happy birthday to them, and I'm sure 
over the next week or so, I'll probably have a few beers with them to commemorate both. Good man, good man. J.K. Oldbean, um, how lovely to be convening tonight after the warm, fuzzy glow of, of what happened yesterday. I mean, I know we didn't win, but you know it doesn't matter actually right now. I think it was all about how they played, wasn't it? I think we've um, uh, we've um, transmitted our joy in this program mm. in an um, interested and interesting way uh, about what could possibly take place for the rest of the season and for the next few years. And um, uh, perhaps Clear Lake have possibly got bits of it right. We'll see. Yeah, you know, if they have, if they have, we have to say fair play to them. We really do. Um, If I'm being a stingy old fucker, I could just be saying, well, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day and they happen to appoint the right manager. (laughs) But I wouldn't be that churlish, not on a night like tonight. Uh, yes. Lovely to see you, old Bean. I really look forward to seeing you on Wednesday, providing both, both of us haven't croaked by then, because we're both not Absolutely. feeling too bright tonight, yeah. are we? No. But there we go. I'm sure we'll be fine. Um, <clears throat> all right, you lovely people in Mixler particularly. Always lovely to see you in there. Um, I do love the fact, I mean, like Dino's in here tonight, you know, a part, part of the fan cast family. Mark's usually in there, even if he's not on the show. Tony's often in there, won't it? I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, you know, the Chelsea Football Club could take a leaf out of the fan cast book. You know, we are a family. And actually talking of that, um, I just want to say lots of sending lots of love to Dane uh, and also lots of love to Claire. Uh, Just just that's all I'm going to say. Just sending big love to them both. Right. as I said, we've got to go. We will be back after the international break, but you can follow the show on all the social media at Chelsea Fancast. Me at Stanfordshire, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Mark at Eddie Mac, B-A-W-A. Uh, thank you for listening. See you after the international break. And until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.